Greetings, everyone. This is Devon Carson with the Second Chance Leadership Podcast. I would like to thank you for tuning in today. I would like for everyone to sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And remember, Leadership Nation, we take risks, we embrace failure. Getting it wrong is okay as long as you get your hands dirty, you learn, and reflect. Let's enjoy the podcast. Greetings, Leadership Nation. This is Devon Carson with Dr. Natasha Robertson, who has joined us here at Leadership Nation, and she's going to give us a few nuggets of her wisdom and let us know all about how it is leading in the schools. Dr. Robertson is the brand-new principal at Gate City Charter School, which is located in Greensboro, North Carolina. This is her first year and her principalship. So, Dr. Robinson, I hope that I have uh, given you credit for everything. Is there anything else that you would like to add as far as your introduction? No, no, no. Thank you for that uh, nice introduction. No, I think that kind of sums it up. Well, awesome, awesome. Uh, And the art of full disclosure, uh, Dr. Robinson and I have worked together for the last five years, and I'm super, super excited uh, to hear her just kind of reflect and hear her process on her leadership style. She has done some amazing things throughout her entire career, but especially uh, going forward into this first year, uh, opening up a, I would still consider it a brand new school, although the school's in its second year, uh, and she has to, um, she's came come into the school and implemented some processes and, and got some different things moving in action. Dr. Robinson, with that being stated, uh, share with us at Leadership Nation, what is your favorite leadership quote? Yeah, so so the one quote that kind of stands out, and um, I, I enjoy quotes. If you, if you know anything about me or have been in my space, I tend to keep my walls covered with quotes in my office and um, because oftentimes when I am a little bit depleted and need to bounce my eyes to something positive, I have those messages that are surrounding me on my walls or on notebooks or things um, that are just positive. And so the one quote that stands out most that's kind of taken my attention most lately is, work hard in silence, let your success be your noise. And um, it's a it's an inspiration boost quote. Um, inspiration boost is a website where you can go and get tons of positive motivational quotes and, and, and um things that just kind of are speaking to leadership and and positivity. And so this one's meant a lot to me just based on the work that we're doing. I mean, and that's that's the name of the game, just working in silence and letting the success be the noise because the success at the end of the day will um, it'll scream for you. It will. It, it will. It will showcase itself without you having to say a word. So, um, yeah, that's that's my that's my that's my quote. That is awesome. That is such a strong value bomb. So I want to make sure I got this right. Uh, be quiet and silent and let your work speak for you. Is that is that? No, nope, it's work. Paraphrase. Work hard. Work, work hard. hard in silence. 
work, work hard, hard in silence. Let your success be your noise. Yes, yes, that is so deep, Fire Nation. It is so, so deep. And, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. When I would walk into your room, you would have quotes all over the wall, and sometimes I would just sit in there and read them all and and get myself charged up before I walk out. You would have quotes uh, from Maya Angelou to Tupac. Uh, So you got a little bit of uh, something for everybody in that. Talk to me about how do you uh, apply this to your life, uh, either personal or professional? Yeah, I um, oh no, I think I think at this time in my career, I'm I'm just learning a lot about, especially in this transition, in assuming this a new role as principal. Um, a lot of times when things are not right, it it is my fault. When when things are right, it everybody else um tends to to get praised and and um be the praised for the work that's happening and that's what that's the way that it should be. I own every single thing that we do and so me working in silence is an opportunity for me to just do the work. The work is gonna continue. We're gonna have tons of um challenges that continue to come our way and things that we need to do as a school, um, as a leadership team, as a community. But when I start thinking about it, we could we could talk all day about the successes that we're doing, but if you do the work, the successes will speak for themselves. And so, I don't know, that's just one thing that, you know, lip service and, and all that stuff, talk is cheap. Success will speak for itself and it will show up. And so that's the, that's the message I've just been living by lately, um, especially as a new school. Parents and families and um, folks just want results. They do. How is this making my life better? Why am I part of this? Why have I committed to this organization? And you can sit in front of them and talk till you're blue in the face, but but success speaks for itself. When things are going well and you've got systems and processes in place where you can begin to see some of the fruits of your labor, that'll that work that you've done will it, it'll showcase itself without you having to say a lot. Absolutely. So the first leadership nugget that I heard was that the leader has to own it all. Whether it's good yeah. or whether it's negative, it falls on your shoulders to own it, to own it and then to uh, put something in place. Uh, one famous quote that I, I heard or one kind of an adage that I try to live by, something that I've heard before, is that um, either a leader will do something about it or either a leader has allowed it to happen. And so I think that is mm-hmm. a, a, a great perspective, and it sounds like it's something that you are definitely implementing within your practice as well. Yeah, Talk. you're right. I remember that one. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Talk to me, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit, uh, about a challenge or an obstacle. Uh, in your mind, what is the biggest challenge you have had to overcome? Um. Well, and, and this is something personal, uh, my relationship, my working relationship with you, but I think a lot about when um, I first became a dean, and, and I remember this just as clear as day, and I was coming into my first leadership role, and I was learning how to lead. I was learning how to um, do two different things. I was learning how to lead, and I was learning how to manage, and so I was having quite a few challenges come my way, you know, what do you do when you receive pushback? What do you do when you what you believe in might look or sound a little bit different than people than around you believe in? And so that was um that was really challenging and hard for me. I remember that year, um 
the, the first year I became a dean. It was 2000, was this, 18, it was about 2014. And um, I, I had some turnover with the people that I was working with, and we're trying to make some huge gains. But that was a that was a real setback for me. That was a challenge. And so I really struggled as a leader at that time, especially as a brand-new leader, um, how to manage that or have, how to navigate um, wanting to get people on the same page and the struggles in, in being able to do that. Yeah, that is extremely tough. Um, I remember also coming into uh, my first year in education, and you're real giddy and you're just excited about being in education and helping all these people, and then all of a sudden you meet your first naysayer, and then they just kind of push back on you. So talk to me. When you had uh, when you met your opposition and you received some, some pushback, how did you overcome that? What what things did you put in place uh, to to circumvent that? Yeah, I, it was the first year, and I had gone into, um, you know, gone into working with this group of people, and and we were making some good gains, but not quite as many as I'd like to. And I think it just goes back to what we just talked about. I owned it. I owned it. I took a step yeah. back. I remember sitting there, and um, that that kind of was the turning point for me when we were. Our performance wasn't as good as I'd liked it to have been. And we would do these check-in calls with our CEO and defend our performance. We would defend our performance. And if there's nothing more heavy that makes life very real to you than having to be accountable to your boss's boss's boss and, and folks who were providing oversight, then, then that was that was real for me. So I just remember going back to the drawing board and creating an action plan. I had to right. own the set of circumstances that we were in. I couldn't control that there was turnover. I couldn't control that we had a ton of setbacks and maybe not the resources that I wanted to have or whatever, but what I could control was that we were going to create a plan and I was going to work that plan. I was I, I refused to get on another call to talk about my performance um, with our team without being prepared and having a plan of action. And so I think I think just owning it. I think just owning it. You and I had really good conversations, and I received really good coaching. I just always remember, too, um, and I think I've all – I'll ask a lot of questions. And so – and I ask questions because I'm always trying to seek clarity, and that's something I look for in other leaders now is, is I'm, you know, a principal at my own school, just people who are okay with asking questions and trying to seek clarity because um, I think that's the only way you get better. Otherwise, yeah. you stay in your own thoughts yeah. and you try and you try and work through things on your own. I love it. I love it. So, two things that I heard there is one: you developed an action plan. Uh, I think nothing gets done unless there's action behind it. Everything is an action verb. So we always need to be trying to we always need to try to figure out what needs to move us forward. I love that. That is awesome. And then the um, and then the second thing uh, that you said is that you you ask questions for clarity. And um, I remember when we first met, I was like, "Wow, she sure does have a lot of questions." And <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's funny. Like, I have taken that approach now and incorporated that in my own style. Is that any time that I am uncertain, or especially when I'm hit with a new initiative or something's moving forward, I'm always going to ask questions. One, just to seek clarity, and then two, just to make sure I know from my supervisors what type of support they're going to be able to give based on their answers and their feedback. So I think that is an extremely smart strategy to uh, implement in your leadership repertoire. 
So congrats, congrats. Talk to me about uh, the light bulb moment. What was your light bulb moment in your leadership tenure? Um, I think the light bulb moment um, for me in, in my leadership tenure, um, and, and I'm still, I'd be, I would, I'd be very, um, it'd be short of me to say that I'm there. And I don't know that I've had a light bulb moment. I've had a lot of aha moments. I've had a lot of things that um, stood out to me. There was one aha moment or, or light bulb moment when um, we were trying to determine what our message would be going into the next school year. This was uh, the second year when I was a dean at Research Triangle, and the culture was beginning to take shape, but we hadn't really attached it yet to um, what the theme was, what was the message. And I remember creating that summer the um, the, the saying was, the race to excellence has no finish line. Mm-hmm. And so that light bulb moment for me was um, just, and it, and it continues now, especially as I'm as I'm talking and having conversation, a relentless pursuit of better, like just better. <laughs> I just want to yeah. be better. Yeah. So, like, regardless what I'm doing, I just want to be better. Um, right. And so, just that continued light bulb moment that, like, this work doesn't end. This work doesn't end, and you're continuously refining yourself, working to be better, and. And, and literally, in order for it, in order for you to be successful, it has to be relentless. You can't be, you can't easily um, be swayed or give up. You got it. You got to, um, got to have some grit. Absolutely, grit, Angela Duckworth. Yeah. But I also think about growth. I think yeah. about support and challenge equals positive growth. And and I think that's where that relentlessness comes into play. I, yeah. I'm also thinking about. Um, some other strategies as well, like when it comes to um, when it when it comes to to pushing forward and just making sure that that your folks are growing. So what what right. initially what what uh, what comes to mind is trying to move away from a oh. whole macro or move away from a strategic focus. Like I think we need strategic plans. Don't don't get that wrong. Like I think they're good. But what is it that you can do today? Like, what, is, what can you do mm-hmm. today in order to make a difference? Like, at the end of the day, at 5 p.m., what three things would you have accomplished to make us move toward yeah. our strategic plan? So moving from, from the macro to the micro in order to keep right. that uh, relentless pressure and to keep that movement going, I, I think that's phenomenal. I think, too, as I've worked with a ton of adults um, recently, uh, I've had a conversation with a couple of colleagues uh, two days ago, and and we were asked to take a pause for a moment and write down in regards to being better leaders, how could we, how could we learn to teach and not tell? We do a lot of telling mm. of hey, this is what you need to do. This is what I need y'all to get done. This is what I need to happen. But there's yeah. very little time invested in adult professional development where they're taught how to do skills well. I think yeah. there's almost an assumption that people or adults are processing and and have the information and the skill sets to make things happen immediately without taking the time to to really teach. And so that that's been a um another light bulb moment. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think we do sometimes the same thing with kids where they come into the fourth mm-hmm. grade, we just expect them to have this certain level of knowledge. And 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 
that's a little bit naive on our part uh, because they may or may not have received it. So we just need to ask. And, mm-hmm. and if they haven't received it, then we need to fill in the gaps there. So uh, I commend you on taking that pause and just asking, you know, how 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 can I be an example instead of just an orator? Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's very very in, important. Um, what is one thing that is just exciting you so much about your leadership currently? Um, you know this from being at a, a new school and the being being the energy right now is palpable. Palpable. Yeah. Um, when yeah. people. Because I think what's really beautiful about where we are, uh, where I am right now in my career, is the folks that I'm working with have literally chosen to be right where they are because they're folks who've opted out and said, you know, maybe this might not be for me. And there have been a ton of people who have decided, yes, this is for me. I'm willing to take the challenge. This is really hard work. These are really late hours. I'm asked to do a lot. Let's do it. And what's exciting is just the momentum, parent excitement, student excitement, teacher excitement. Because Gate City um, was open last year, and now we're in in the middle of our second year, we're finally to the measurement point where we can begin to measure our own success and measure against ourselves um, to start to see some trends. And we're seeing really a positive upswing and an uptick in student performance and teacher performance and parent engagement. Um, It's really exciting right now. Our attrition is down a a ton compared to where we were last year. So we're keeping our students and, I mean, that's huge. I know that that's that's, that's that's the work. That's the work. That's the that's the silent work that does yield in the results of, um, you know, satisfied satisfied teachers and and parents and and evidence of that is is going to hopefully show up in in student growth. So that's the most exciting thing right now. Just that from my vantage point, kind of looking at all the different pockets of people that are involved in this this movement, um, it's just beginning to take shape and, and gain some momentum. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Tell me, um, what is the best leadership advice that you have ever received? Mm. The best leadership advice I've ever received. Yeah. Um, I got some advice when actually I first started this job uh, this year, and I've got tons of really good advice. This is just the one thing that comes to mind was that the skills that I had to get me this job are not the skills that I need <laughs> to keep this job. And it's true. It's so true. Yeah. The skill set that I brought into this were just enough to get me in the door. The skill set that I have gained since being in this role has multiplied two, ten times over. But it's had to in order for me to be able to keep up, continue to grow a staff, continue to grow myself, try and manage all the different pieces that um, come with being a school leader. And so that that's the one piece of advice that I look back on now, and I'm like, yep, that's real. The the, the things that brought me here, won't. Keep, I can't stay here in order to continue to um, to do this and do it well. So You're right. That's a famous quote by Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, I, I know it well. I, I think that's that's a real powerful um, piece of advice, and it's also the kind of advice that 
when we think about the students that we serve. Like we've often said, uh, you and I together, that we are preparing kids for a future of jobs that haven't even been invented yet. So as Mm -hmm. leaders, we continuously have to improve our craft for a role that we haven't even seen yet. Like leadership has changed so much over the last decade. You know, over the last five years, leadership has changed. And so we always have to continue to, to grow ourselves and to, to find mentors and to find professional developments or to find podcasts or to find influencers on Twitter who we can just read and be a part of, you know, uh, so that we can continue to learn and, and, and perfect what we do. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. another question. Uh, what vision do you have for the future as it's related to your school? What vision do I have? Um, it's evolving. It is evolving. I think I came in with one mindset, and and every single day, every single snapshot, every single interaction that I have with parents, with students, with teachers, it begins to take shape and evolve. And so what I what I do envision for Gate City um, is Gate City being able to do some really innovative and cutting-edge learning. I would love for our school to be a pilot school for other teachers um, that want to come and see really great instruction. I want us to be known as a school in Gate City that is the place to go when um, teachers want to know how to have really awesome classroom management, how to grow students, how to see results, how to use data. I want to have poured um, into our leaders and they poured into our teacher leaders and are beginning to see some successes. I also um, went to a training this summer, and I never quite thought of learning in this way, but the the mantra that, that we talk a lot about is college and career ready. And the gentleman shared with us um, if it's if it's college ready, how how well do you know if you're preparing students for that? And so what mm-hmm. I'd like to do is set up a program where we track these students, even our eighth grade students, tracking them to ensure that they go to college. If that's our end goal, it's really important for us to start measuring if we're meeting that mark. Yes. And I think that was one of the most powerful pieces of full circle information that um, I got out of out of a summer PD I went to, just trying to, to think full circle, how can I, how can I track what we're, what we're trying to measure? So that, that to me, um, that's my vision. That's my vision. I want to make awesome. sure that, that we commit to the, to the promise that we make to our families, and I want to make sure that everybody that steps foot in our building is growing, teachers, awesome. myself, deans, kids, parents. We've we've even recently talked a lot about really investing in some parent universities. I've got um, a couple of teachers who have completely bought into and understand the value and being able to offer some some classes and some teaching and some training for our parents. And so we're we're moving in that direction. That's where I see Gate City in the next three to five years. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Robinson, you are doing it. Fabulous job. Are you ready for the speed round? I'm ready for the speed round. Let's do it. Awesome, awesome. What was holding you back from becoming a world-class leader? What's holding me back? What was holding me back? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the speed round. I'm not sure. I think myself. I think the only thing that ever holds people back is themselves. I think think that's the one thing that we're always most afraid of, how awesome we can be. 
It gets awesome. a little scary the bigger things around you get. Yeah, that is for true. All right, do you have an Internet resource like Evernote that you would love to share with Leadership Nation? Mm, an Internet resource. We Google Doc. We do a ton of Google Doc. Google Doc, I I, I, I think Google Doc is a great resource, and, and uh, myself and my leadership team, we're all chiming in at the same time, and we Google Share and we Google Classroom. And, and so, yeah, we're utilizing um, – Great Google. I don't think it's anything new, but it's something we definitely take advantage of. Yeah, that whole Google suite is is awesome for educators. Uh, what leadership book would you recommend to Second Chance Nation? Yeah, so this is a book that I heard a lot about um, as I was a budding leader, and my my former boss used to always say, "Yeah, you heard about <laughs> the guy Simon Sinek? You heard about this guy Simon Sinek? It's, you know, he talks a lot about you need to start with the why." Uh, and so in finding in rolling out new initiatives and starting with a new school and investing in new programs, it's, all, it's very important for me to begin with why we're doing what it is that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, always begin with the why. Uh, you must have had a very smart boss. But anyway, <laughs> speak round. Meh. Um, imagine you woke okay. up tomorrow in a brand-new world. Uh, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You have all the experience and the knowledge that you currently have. Your food and your shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do for the next seven days? Mm, I'd write a book. I think I'd write a book. I think far too – there's so many thoughts and there's so many things that go through my mind that I think how often I should pen them. I should get this content out of my head and on a piece of paper and document this to have it forever. I'd write a book. I'd write a short story. I'd find something interesting. I would capture the moment. Love it. Love it. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I'm going to hold you to that. And uh, if you should write a book, if the world was to implode, why wouldn't you write a book now? So we're going to have to uh, explore that a little bit further <laughs> offline. I have a challenge for you. Um, my mind is percolating. Well, Dr. Robinson, I do not want to hold you up. I know that lovely bundle of joy is uh, seeking your attention right now. She sounds as adorable as ever. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for your time. I want to thank you for your mentorship, your friendship, and just having someone that I can only – call colleague, but also call friend. Uh, you have been tremendous uh, to uh, a person to work alongside of for the last five years, and I know that you're going to do great. You have great things in store. I love the way that your mind works. I love the way that you're willing to accept challenge and take that head on. Um, the world is your oyster, and I can't wait to sit back and document it and be a fly on the wall and watch you excel to greatness. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and I hope that you have an awesome night. Wonderful, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say thanks for having me on the show. Um, I've learned so much of what I'm doing right now from your work, and what I also know is that this isn't the end. I think that we've been able to create such great um, – have such good exchange and, and really see a lot of success come out of um, – 
our partnership, that I think that shared partnership will continue and being able to grow and pour it into families and kids and in and, and any kind of way of um, education. I also just want to note that you're one of the best bosses that I ever had, and I really appreciate you, and it is an absolute honor to be a part of this podcast. So thanks for everything. You're so awesome. Good night. Good night. Greetings, Leadership Nation. This is your boy, Devon Carson. I want to say thank you very much for tuning in to this latest episode. We hope that you all enjoyed it. I do have a small ask in favor of you. Please make sure you subscribe to Second Chance Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that every Thursday you get the latest and the greatest episode. Also, we would ask that you would leave a comment and also leave a rating of five stars. Once again, your comment is invaluable to us. We want to make sure that we continue to improve the show and make sure that we are meeting all of your leadership needs. Until next time, Leadership Nation, be easy. Thank you.